For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Now it's going to be taken by Wilson. Atwell blows his whistle to give Newcastle United the lead. Callum Wilson has scored. He sends Olsen the wrong way, just pushes it to the keeper's left. And it was low down into the back of the net. Newcastle United 1, Everton 0. Callum Wilson's penalty, 56 minutes. Decent penalty. Newcastle still have it. Murphy almost lost it to Allen. Hendrick then plays the pass to Lewis on the left. That's slammed down the line by Lewis. What a ball that is. Ryan Fraser is in, played across, and it's touched in for two now. It's Callum Wilson, I think, who got the final touch from Fraser's ball across after a fantastic pass down the left to release him from Jamal Lewis. The Everton defender may have got a deflection on Fraser's cross, but Callum Wilson was there just to touch it over the line for his sixth goal of the season, his second of the afternoon. 84 minutes gone. Newcastle United 2, Everton 0. Hello, it is election day in the United States of America when we're recording this. Uh, so if you're in America, I hope you're voting for the old white guy. And if you're in the United States, or if you're out of the United States, um, happy International Make Fun of Us Day. Uh, but today is your Newcastle Everton recap. And you're, you're going to notice in the CHN realm of podcasts that you don't have one podcast. You don't have two podcasts, but you have three. You're, you have three podcasts. To listen to one from the false nines great one you gotta listen to that two from us you got our everton recap which you're now listening to so you know that but then you also have another episode our weekly show um and which will also preview our, our upcoming match on friday but that's all the housekeeping that we need to do let's bring in the best damn co-host in the land the reason we all listen to this beautiful podcast the man the legend he ain't a myth everybody knows elijah mf oh. newsome I'm excited to be here and talk about another Newcastle win that there were still people who were upset about it. And like, I get it, but I also, I don't get it. Mike <laughs> pointed this out to me. We're five points off of Liverpool right now. It's a weird season. Best start since the uh, uh, fifth place season um, by Newcastle standards. So it, it is really looking slim. Uh, for for the for Steve Bruce to be the first manager fired this season because uh, outside of a monumental collapse, Newcastle are set, setting themselves up to be in a decent position to uh, secure safety sooner rather than later. Well, he can't. So he wouldn't be the first manager. Do what you fired. want with that information. Yeah, he wouldn't be the first manager fired this season because uh, uh, he's not managing Fulham, so makes it harder. It's true. Yeah. Um, so let's oh, let's speaking of, uh, of of fired people. Did you hear about the uh, the guy, the West Brom uh, like loan manager? Did you hear about that story? No. Just broke this morning. No, I didn't. He uh, he was he's under investigation from the FA because he uh, he was involved in some sport gambling uh, situations. Yeah, so that's not at first when I idea. saw manager, I thought it was the actual manager, and I was like, "Oh, that's not good." But it was a loan manager, so not still not great, but not as bad, but kind of funny. Hope you're staying out of trouble, Shola. Hope you're staying out of trouble. 
All right, let's get into the match. So, so Newcastle beat the league leaders, Everton, two to one on Sunday. It was a glorious win and a showing Calvin Wilson in which he did his post game interview and said, I hope you're watching or I hope you're listening, Southgate, which really like that. Calvin Wilson for England, I'm all about that. All about that because Jamie Vardy retired. So, like, we have to like think, like, let's rank England strikers because Calvin Wilson's pretty high up there uh as as people who could make that well at least make the squad yeah and r.i.p danny Ing. yeah yeah rip in peace okay so we'll get to the three words uh so after every match we ask you wonderful listeners to come up with three words to describe the match and tell us what you think um and you always deliver that's just that's never never been an issue you just deliver um, so we'll start with those. Um, we'll start with Mr. Steel, your worldwide at yo underscore ho underscore no underscore mo. He says, New Callum United wins. That was with a hyphen. So kept it at three. That was good. That was our first. Uh, Big Cows Mags from at Smick Ultra. Don, good one. Uh, Trevor Mooney at Trevor Mooney 12. Didn't come up with the usual somebody's shite. He said, goal scoring striker. Bam. Uh, James Whitmore uh, at JLaw underscore Broski said striker who scores. Toon Army Denver app actually looked organized. We can talk about that, Elijah. Uh, John Kelly at JK Stud 17 said still a cabbage. <laughs> um, uh, Blake at B Munch says Jordan Pickford dropped with the heartbreak emoji. <laughs> uh, Joe Terry at Joseph underscore Terry. How about that? Alex Passine at Alex underscore Passine, uh, micro Frazier magic, uh, SE mag at SE underscore magpie, better second half, um, Alexis Walshino, fuck the EPL at a Walshino, uh, Callum Wilson masterclass. Um, and then from the coming home NUFC Twitter, we have Eric Schmidt from NUFC Indiana. Is this progress? Steve Merrick at Steve Merrick 78. Big win that. Justin at underscore best underscore smart. <laughs> um, Pickford still sucks. And lastly, Mac at Toonie McToonface. Great, great, great Twitter handle. Smacked Arse Pickford. So we can move into the match now. But before we get there, I just wanted to paint a scenario for you, Elijah. Because in the, in the end of the match, I was thinking about this. It was Everton's like last chance. They had a corner uh, and their goalkeeper came up to, to take the, well, to not take the corner, but he was in the box hoping to get a piece of it. And Darlow recovered it fine. He actually did a great job. And we can talk more about Darlow uh, because I think he's playing really well. Uh, but I just wished that Jordan Pickford was in net and he was the one coming up to, to get in the box. And then just Jamal LaSalle's marks him and just bodies him. Elijah, what do you think? Like, could you just imagine that scenario, how perfect it would be? Yeah, I, it would be first and foremost, <laughs> especially given um, my friends and I were having a debate as to whether Pickford is a dirty player Um but you can point to some some moments in time where Pickford has done things that I would consider reckless, 
I don't know if that means he's a dirty player, but also like, I don't think John Joe Shelby's a dirty player, but he's been labeled a dirty player. So that's a whole nother thing, but it would be one of those, definitely a karma thing for Jordan Pickford uh, getting absolutely rocked by someone is definitely something that some would say is deserved. So um, there's that. Yeah, there, there is that. Uh, so we'll get into the match then. Uh, okay. We'll, we always start with our, our lineups decided to see if we were going to have tons of controversy there. And the lineups went like this. Carlo Darlow, Jacob Murphy, Fabian Chair, Jamal Lascelles, Federico Fernandez, Jamal Lewis, uh, Jeff Hendrick, Sean Longstaff, Miguel Almiron, Alan St. Maximin, Callum Wilson. On the on the bench, we had Gillespie, Clark, Carroll, Jolinton, Hayden, Mankio, and Fraser. Elijah, is this our best starting 11? I mean... I, I guess given the form right now, probably. Um, I mean, it, it's, I, I think still, I think the, the potential best formation is probably the four, two, three, one, if you could figure out how to not look so terrible defensively. Um, but it, it's close. I think Isaac Hayden's probably a better option as the midfield anchor than Jeff Hendrick, but Sean Longstaff's been, I mean, he rose to the occasion. He balled out. Um, Miguel Amaron, I mean, it's not his conventional position, but talent wise, he's one of your best players and Jacob Murphy's been on one. I mean, he's, he's been a really good right wing back, which I mean, it's one of those, like, I feel like if this were any other team, but Newcastle, you'd be like, Oh, that's kind of weird that like they converted this right mid right winger into a wing back. And then you remember that like, Oh yes, Newcastle have done this and it worked with Matt Ritchie. And so it's not too surprising. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then you have some other situations where Fabian Share is looking like the Fabian Share at the beginning of last season versus the Fabian Share at the end of last season. So that's another positive. I mean, he he looks really good. He's definitely more comfortable in a three back formation, and he's looked good in the two back formation as well. Uh, so well, I guess two in the back formation as well. So I mean, yeah, I, arguably probably one of your your strongest lineups. Sands Isaac Hayden, I would say, is probably yeah. a big difference maker for me. Um, yeah, yeah. The the first thing I noticed seeing the lineup is is yeah, it looked like obviously a three men uh, central defense five back line. Um, it, it was I think Deshaun Longstaff addition as you mentioned is like he rose to the occasion and it really gave Newcastle an option for like passing from that deep spot, which like what what Shelby is capable of doing as, as Elijah has been saying consistently that Chelsea Shelby has not been doing well. Uh, and then, uh, so I was thinking like a, a center mid probably seems like a center mid Almiron role again. And then like, unless it's like a five, four, one or a like five, three, one, one, that's, it was a, like, I was trying to sort that out, like how Newcastle was going to line up. Um, I thought Ryan Fraser not being in the lineup is, got to be a little annoying for him because I think he's consistently when he plays, he, he makes a difference. Uh, he's proven that up to this point. So uh, I think it's got to be consistently a little frustrating for him to not be in the starting lineup. And uh, yeah, the Isaac Hayden thing, I think that's the biggest thing to mention is uh, it's, it's a big I, loss I, in the midfield without Hayden, in my opinion, I think like, he's he's like the guy that does everything without anyone noticing and like when you lose a guy like that there there ends up being a huge hole well, luckily we've been we've been good to this point and we'll talk about this but 
this is just my pre-match notions. Like, man, like I think it could be really bad that we missed Hayden here. So I'll, it's, I'll it's also weird. It's weird having him on the bench too. Yeah, where it's like yeah. last match it was a little bit defensible because you knew he was coming off a knock, but now it's like, I mean, like Hendrick wasn't great last match. He wasn't terrible, but it's not. It's nothing to warrant him going ahead of of Isaac Hayden and. Steve Bruce is obsessed with the whole idea of continuity, which is ironic since he's played so many formations since the beginning of the season, but he definitely like, he will not drop a player until like there is a legitimate reason to drop a player from the lineup. So like, it's good for when like guys like Miguel Amron, like find their way back in the lineup and they kind of like Miguel hasn't assisted since he's been back in the starting lineup. He's obviously played incredibly well, but like, you know, maybe somewhere else, maybe if it's Chelsea, like, you know, if you're not producing chances, you get moved because that's your role as an attacker. But in the eyes of, of Steve Bruce, like if Jeff Hendrick, as long as he doesn't make a colossal error, he's probably going to be one of the first names on the on the team sheet every every match, which which doesn't make much sense when Isaac Hayden apparently is is healthy. So I think that was the like you said, that was probably the big thing that stood out to me. The other thing was I I liked having Sean Longstaff in. Nothing against Ryan Fraser. I, I saw off the bat, it's going to be a five in the back formation, which means that out of your three attacking players that everyone's excited about outside of Cal Wilson, of course, one of them is going to have to be on the bench, just given the nature that it's a five in the back formation. You're going to drop an attacker. That makes sense. So seeing Sean Longstaff in the midfield ahead of Ryan Fraser, because regardless of Ryan Fraser's in that role, you have to imagine, like, if you think it's a 5-for-1 or a 5-3-1-1, he's either going to be in the midfield or Miguel's going to be in the midfield. And neither one of those is arguably neither one of those. Again, this is pre-match thoughts, are as good as having a true central midfielder um, in the midfield. And, of course, Jury was out on Sean. If he's a cam, if he's a central midfielder, I think he proved to me um, that he he can defend. I mean, it was it was a knock I had on him last season. Why I was like he should be a, a backup cam, but you know what? He's proven me wrong. Uh, he he looked solid. He was solid defensively. I mean, there, you can't complain about his performance uh, this past weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more there. So let's get into the match. Uh, they came out in five three one one. It was Sean Longstaff, Hendrick, and Almiron in the midfield. Saint Maximin just behind Wilson, um, and we went underway. It, it, it looked like immediately – so Everton really controlled the very beginning of this. But the one thing that you can notice pretty much instantly is that they were not ready for Callum Wilson. Like he, he – I think the benefit of having somebody at, at Wilson isn't just his athletic ability, but it's his – he's very knowledgeable about football. And he can make the right runs at the right times and time the center back's positions. He's looking at their feet, their footwork. And he can time the runs and, and his movements against like he knows exactly what to do and when to do it. And now it's just a matter of is new does Newcastle have the talent to get the ball there? And I think instantly you saw the center backs were like tripping over themselves trying to keep up with with Callum, not only from pace, but like I was mentioning his like the intelligent runs he was taking. So just wanted to put that out. But the first 15 minutes wanted to stop. stop Wait, you, can I add to that? Real yeah, quick? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just add one more. Yeah, just, I would. Yeah, I would also add that. I, th- <laughs> I would also add that. Uh, that Callum. It, I, it. One thing that kind of surprised me, and I don't know why it surprised me, but it's. I'm. I'm a little shocked about how physical he is. Like when you talk about Newcastle strikers and physicality, Andy Carroll is usually the first one 
that people mentioned, but arguably Calum Wilson is, is just as physical. Like he likes the contact. He welcomes the contact and you saw he got into it with Yuri Mina early on. And I mean, that was a back and forth the whole match, but that's something that's a bit underrated is that he not only can beat you with pace and intelligence, but he also is completely fine bumping you and, and making you have to like put your hands on him. And nine times out of 10, if you're a defender and you put your hands on a striker, even if it's not that bad, you're going to be the one that's going to get called for the foul. So I, I also just want to throw that. I think that's something I noticed this match. I mean, he's probably done it throughout the season, but definitely something I noticed this particular match. Yeah. So first 15 minutes in, it, it was a very even match, I thought. Uh, no one really did anything uh, at either side. I think the possession was pretty even, too. It was about 50-50, but no actual clear-cut chances. Um, my only note was, like, Newcastle just needed to get St. Maximin the ball more. They need to get him more involved, especially if you're going to put uh, Almiron in center mid, you're essentially t- in a 5-3-1-1. You're taking him out of a lot of the attack. Uh, that means you really need to – to get the ball to the attack, which you're really just relying on two really good players, St. Maximin and and Cal Wilson, but you got to get the ball. You have to let him control. So the midfield can then push up. Um, That's, that was my only take the first 15 minutes, but uh, it did like 30 minutes in. It was, it was a slow match. Um, Everton, maybe a little bit more of the ball, but in no way, shape or form could they break down Newcastle defensively in that formation. Um, however, on the offensive side for Newcastle, Wilson was so isolated. St. Maximum, once again, not getting on the ball enough. It was just a, uh, a overall pretty poor first 30 minutes. And that leads me to halftime. Uh, not great, but we had our moment. Uh, we had the only clear-cut chance of the match. It, was a, it, was a, it would have been an amazing counter. Uh, it would have been one of the best counter goals you'll ever see. It was started by Almiron, and uh, St. Maximin had, a, I mean, it was just a great all around effort, great shot, good save. Um, but Everton was slow on the ball in the first half. Newcastle were very solid defensively and should have had that first goal, but otherwise lacked ambition moving forward. Elijah, what's your take on, on a pretty uneventful first half? Um, and I'm say that, yeah. comment on what overall supporters feel mm-hmm. to it as well. Yeah, I, I, I would say overall, like there was. There, I, there was one. Okay, first, there was another clear-cut chance. Uh, Count Wilson had a, a ball sent him over the top, completely beat the defenders. Uh, he took it on yeah. the volley. It went over the bar. No one's talking about that. They didn't even show it during the halftime show. But, like, seeing Callum Wilson and how he's scored goals in the past, like, that that's, that's a goal or that's a shot on target more times than it's not. I would say it's a shot on target at least. And so I think if that's a shot on target we're talking about, that's a clear-cut chance. Um, but because it was a bit difficult, obviously, of a ball to, to rein in. And, of course, he sent it over the bar, but he barely missed it. I would also say the new, the defensive solidity is something that um, was a big worry going into Wolves. Uh, Newcastle, uh, not only did they not look good offensively, but they didn't look good defensively um, for a lot of these matches. And the Wolves match was like a nice, good reset of like, they stuck to their guns. They were very good defensively and they kept their shape well. And that's kind of what happened in the first half of the Everton match. They kept their shape really well. They were solid defensively. Not really much where you can ask for there. Again, McGowan was probably one of the better players in the pitch just due to the fact he was working hard defensively and then working equally as hard in the attack. I would also like to mention that 
I said this earlier, the 5-3-1-1 with Alan St. Maxman, it's a weird formation for him. He's still obviously getting used to it. Um, but I think that to counter Greg's point of Newcastle not getting Alan St. Maxman the ball enough, he was really in positions to receive the ball. It was obviously occupied by the likes of Sean Longstaff and Miguel Amaron. So I think that it was it was a little bit of both. Like, yeah, you want to feed Alan St. Maxman, but he wasn't really in a position to be fed. He wasn't like – he was obviously uncomfortable. He looked uncomfortable in that role. Um, but, I mean, in the second half, he looked fine. But in the first half, he definitely looked uncomfortable. In the second half, there was a little bit more fluidity between him, uh, Sean Longstaff, and Miguel Amaron, while Jeff Hendrick kind of sat back. And the other thing was, like, Newcastle fans were obviously upset with this performance. But, I mean – and we'll get it. It's it was a bit it was a bit much in my opinion because I felt like you kind of knew Newcastle were going to sit back against Everton. This would if Rafa Benitez was managing this Newcastle side, they probably would have came out in the five in the back formation as well. So I thought I felt like the criticism of the lack of attack was a bit unfair when Newcastle had the two best chances of the first half. If they're going into the half up one nothing i don't think people are making the same complaints they did and they sure as hell were not making those complaints after we went one up on a penalty so i don't know i feel like this was a bit of an overreaction i think steve bruce has been awful like truly awful this season and this was one of the the, the matches where he he truly did get it right in a lot of ways um like i didn't really agree with the formation i didn't agree with the lineup completely but it did work and it did look cohesive, and there was a there was like chances created going forward. There was possession being held uh, when Newcastle won the ball. It wasn't just hoofing it forward. It was there was they were able to retain possession. Yes, at times it was frustrating to see them work the ball all the way up the pitch and then just immediately go backwards to then go forwards again. But that's better than just pinging the ball out of bounds which is what Newcastle were doing for the first four games of the season. So yeah, it's annoying. And then, like I said, they were good defensively. I mean, like everyone was doing well. Uh, Jamal Lewis looked brilliant at, at like for the first time in a while, especially defensively. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. First half, not a lot of complaints to me, obviously a little bit boring, but still not that, comp- not a lot of complaints. For Newcastle fans everywhere. This is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a thing with the latest Newcastle news, gossip and social stories as they break. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Not a lot. Um, yeah, so so we got to the second half. We started it and the first thing we got to talk about is the pen. That, that's when it really, really got dicey. It's a clear penalty. Gomes caught Wilson. Uh in the box from behind at a corner and uh, Wilson stepped up, scores his fifth goal of the season from the spot, confident, low pen. And it's a game of few chances. So you have to take these opportunities. And that's what the beauty is with Cal Wilson. We said it when we signed him, we now have a penalty taker. Elijah walk us through that whole sequence. I just think it's really funny that like, like, Made with one of our writers, Elliot, which he just created a Twitter. So um, maybe in the next episode, I'll I'll tease his Twitter once I find it again. Um, but I was he was like it's I was like it's nice to have someone who you know like when you step up, there's a good chance they'll convert the penalty. When like literally every other time, and and we have won a fair bit of penalties under Steve Bruce, like way more than we have with, under Rafa. 
it was just like, dude, I don't know if this is going in. If Matt Ritchie takes this, like, I don't know it. Like if I don't even like, there was just so many, so much uncertainty about around whether or not if you get a penalty, which every other team in the league, it's like, Oh, we're going up a goal here, or we're scoring a goal here. We have a penalty nine times out of 10. We are scoring a goal here. Unless the keeper is just on one. Like we are getting it on target and we are scoring a goal. And until this season with Newcastle, it was like, we have a penalty. This is like us getting a shot on target. Hopefully we can score. It was never like a given that we were going to, you know, score any of the penalties we got. So it was nice to have that. And it's good. It was good for the confidence. Like, I mean, like to be playing well, like they were, especially the second half and not have a goal to show for it. Obviously it's frustrating. So if you get that goal, even that you can kind of hang your head on. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a big deal to, to get that lead. And, and, and that was all the momentum there. And, and, uh, like, like I mentioned right before you started this, you know, you're, you, you have in a game where there's not many chances, you take the ones that you have. And, and that's what we absolutely did there. And, and it continued. So from that point on, Newcastle started playing like really more, way more effective, way more upbeat, still not really clear cut chances. But the one that made the biggest difference to me is the first substitute that we made. And that was bringing in Ryan Fraser for Alan St. Maximin. I would say Maxman, not, not an amazing day. He had his, he could have had a, could have easily had a goal, but it was a great save. Um, but outside of that, not, not really a ton happening for him. So Ryan Fraser is subbing on. I wasn't mad about that at all. And he immediately makes an impact. So we've, we've been able to absorb all of Everton's pressure and any chances that they get, we've absorbed it. And then Ryan Fraser, uh, this is a perfect example because we absorbed a pressure from Everton. He gets on the counterattack and he gets in behind Mina and his cross deflected over the keeper. Easy tap in at the back post for Newcastle's second goal. It was a, it was a great goal and just proof that like you don't need possession with this team. We, we have pace. We have athletes. We have people that are smart on the ball now uh, to, to make something happen and make you pay in a second. Newcastle up two to nothing in the 87th minute. Uh, wait, 84th minute. Sorry. Uh, Elijah, walk us through that. I mean, I think you hit a nail on the head. Uh, I mean, we've been waiting for this for Ryan Fraser. I think it's been a bit frustrating uh, off rip for Ryan Fraser because he's had a couple clear-cut chances where he's just missed them, and that happens. And it's it, it was only frustrating because it's like, oh, man, we really should be putting away this goal against insert league one side here. Um, but now to see him get his first assist with Callum Wilson – uh, it's nice. And of course that, that assist doesn't even happen if you don't have a striker that's attacking, uh, attacking. I don't want to say attacking the ball, but like being a bit, a bit more ambitious. Uh, uh, you have to wonder, uh, I mean, that's more like a Dwight Gale esque goal where Dwight Gale does this fairly well. He's a bit more of a poacher, but I don't know if Joel Linton or Andy Carroll is going to go on the end of that. Uh, just because Joel Linton in terms of just instinct, maybe not Andy Carroll in terms of physicality, I guess like physical, ability probably not going to be able to get there so it's nice to have a striker that could finish those chances because that happens so often I mean you'll see Alan C. Maxman or Miguel Amron last season deliver delicious balls uh on the counter and just like Joel Linton or or Andy Carroll just couldn't get there so it's nice to have a guy who can get there per se so love that it was a nice nice bit of a nice nice assist for Frazier and nice goal for Callum of course uh he's far away from being 
uh, a double-digit goal score, which we haven't had since Solomon Rondon, Iose Perez. So love that. He's already and, matched and remember, John Joel's total. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, already done that. Uh, he's, he's already leading the team in goals from last year. Uh, but um, the interesting thing is in Callum Wilson's um, first interview with Newcastle uh, as a Newcastle player he said that last year was he didn't or how many goals did he have last year I I, I should have fact-checked this before Uh, but he basically said like I don't ever want to associate myself with I think he had eight last year it might have been eight yeah. That's my guess, eight. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Eight goals and one assist. And he said, I don't want to ever associate myself with having eight goals. Like, I, you should never, never even consider having that amount. I can't remember what he said. Like, we should be having double. But, yes, we should. But, like, and, and I've – Elijah and I have both been very vocal on this. That we, we've always said that um, uh, if you're a striker in the Premier League, the absolute minimum is 10. Like, it is not a good year. It's not a good year if you just have 10. And like no assists and you haven't contributed really like it, you need more than 10 but 10 is the absolute minimum for us to say okay there's something there Kyle Wilson's obviously on pace for a lot more than that and that is so refreshing and you could tell it's like look where we are at the table look at look at this performance here Kyle Wilson took over um so and he it's not like oh but he scored a pen yeah he earned the pen too so it's it's not not like you know he's just reaping the rewards here he's putting in the work it's not Bruno Fernandez, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the two other subs happened after this goal. Or, sorry, one was right before this goal, I should have mentioned. Uh, Almiron came off for Isaac Hayden, and then the goal immediately happened. So Everton attacked, then Fraser took it and scored. And then right after this goal, uh, three minutes after, we subbed in Eddie Carroll for Callum Wilson. Um, and then that this is when Everton got the goal. It was a, it was a pretty – I mean – it was a good goal. I mean, it was a, a low cross from Iwobi and it deflected off Lewis and, and Calvert-Lewin um, was not tracked at all by, I can't remember who, what defender it was, but the, whoever our defender was that was tracking him just stopped. I think that would be Fernandez on it that was. side. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think so. He, he gets past Darlow, puts it in the back of that. It was a really good, like clinical goal. Like that's the difference, right? And, and that's what we have in, in Callum Wilson. I'm going to keep touting him because this is the, the striker's performance that Newcastle has been looking for. But Calvert Lewin is not stopping till he gets the goal. And that's what he did on this play. The play wasn't dead. Doesn't matter how many times the ball gets deflected, there's still a chance he can get on it. So he doesn't stop. He doesn't stop working. Um, and that was a good goal by him. But that was it. Um, Everton didn't really threaten. They had that last corner kick, which we mentioned at the top of this episode. But uh, Everton were wandering out there just no they couldn't do anything against us and we we frustrated them it was pretty evident of that we were disciplined we were organized and Callum Wilson was clinical and that's that's really all it needs to be it's the difference um yeah it's really a very important signing and and Newcastle are in the top 10 now and that's my recap for Everton (laughs) like this is good yeah I, I think I would also add to that um like it we do have to mention this because it's important to mention. This was a rotated Everton side. They're missing. We And we mentioned this on the preview. They're missing their best attacking players. They're missing um, Lucas Digne. I'm pretty sure he didn't play. Um, yeah, he didn't play. Uh, they're missing. They're missing a lot of, of, of quality players. And 
that's a that's an Everton thing uh, where it's that's an issue for them to solve depth. I mean, Newcastle, we know where we stand with depth. It's it's not great, but they're still able to grind out and get results when needed, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think that is worth noting. I think, like, if you have a James Rodriguez in there, maybe Everton to create a couple more chances because he's a guy who who just takes over. Um, they didn't really have that. Uh, like, they didn't really have a, anyone who could just kind of take over on their own. Calvert-Lewin needs a lot of service. Um, and uh, geez, who am I forgetting? Oh, Sigurdsson, he could be that guy, but he just wasn't on it that day. Um, but outside of that, no one else for themselves, and that's the kind of players you need uh, when a team sits back against you. Like, you need a guy like that who's just going to make force the defense to come out of their shape, try to defend him one-on-one and create space for others. And they didn't have that. Like, and if you have a Hamas Rodriguez, you have a Charleston, that does happen. Uh, so it's important to note that, but again, I'm not going to complain about a win in which Newcastle, they looked fairly decent at the end of the day. It's a good performance from them. They were the better team. I don't think you can deny that. And I was mentioning this to Greg before we recorded. Um, there's a lot of fans who are upset with like, you know, offense, blah, blah, blah. But up until Everton started just peppering shots from distance in the like 70th minute, Newcastle had more shots and more shots on target than Everton. Um, and so I think that's worth mentioning. Like Newcastle's offense was existent today. It may not have been the prettiest at times. There was specifically a moment where Miguel carried the ball forward like 60 yards by himself and then like pass it. And then Newcastle then pass it all the way back to Darlow and then back up the field and then turned it over and it's like there's moments that like that are like oh my gosh why but then there's moments like the counter we had where it's like this is what we are looking for there's moments where uh like ryan fraser when he came on you saw that he was consistently just due to his pace able to give the center backs trouble when he had that assist it was coming because before that he already had a couple more touches on the ball where he had beaten the defenders and they kind of recovered quickly and they were able to shut it down but he, he was dangerous, and that's something that we haven't seen from Newcastle in a long time, in a long, long, long time. So, overall, pleased with the result. Can't be, can't be upset about it. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to take a break. We're going to get to quotes, stats, all the other things right after this. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a thing with the latest Newcastle news, gossip, and social stories as they break. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. All right, we have Steve Bruce quotes. Are you ready for Steve Bruce quotes? Of course. Yes. Okay. So we have Steve Bruce said, We knew it would be a battle against one of the great managers. He's had a few problems with injuries, but I couldn't be more pleased. We deserve it. I don't know where we got six minutes from at the end. They threw everything at us, and the goal makes it edgy. We were trying to do things a different way and be more expansive, but it is a work in progress. We have to do what is best for the team. They're comfortable at the moment. When you play a good team tactically, you have to be right. It wasn't much of a spectacle in the first half, but once we got that goal, all in all, it is a good day's work for us. Um, They were asked about, like, Callum Wilson's yellow card. And he said, I don't think much distracts him. He's a goal scorer. Oh, we didn't even mention this. Mina and Wilson going at it at the penalty when he shoved the ball in his stomach. That was funny. That was really funny. 
Yeah, it was funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, he said, Steve Bruce said, I don't think much distracts him. He's a goal scorer. That nonsense goes on. But as a penalty taker, you just have to get on with the job. And the best way to say up yours is by scoring, which he did. It's very rare that you see a team come back to win. So the first goal was critical. I think only he gets the second one. He has got that instinct that you don't coach. He has proved to be a great signing for us. I love, I love Steve. Like his quotes are so funny. It's rare to see a team come back and win. And it's like, yes, that's true. Uh, also, but that's what Newcastle has did all of last season. Uh, so that, that's funny. And then also want to point out, I also thought it was funny. It was like, where did the six minutes come from? Like, dude, did you not see? Like, like there was a moment where like, like, like there was like, it's like four or five players who went down. At, no, it was, I think it was three or four players that went down in the second half and they like kicked the ball out of play for it's like, that's where the six minutes came from. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it did feel excessive in the moment, but that was only because everyone was super nervy. But um, but yeah, I mean, shout out to Steve Bruce. Great quotes. Um, shout out to Kyle Molson. Also great quotes from him being like, hey, Gareth, I hope you're watching. And yeah. he better be. Uh, I mean, like, obviously, Jamie Vardy's out of the picture. Danny Ings is injured. I don't know. Callum Wilson, he's he's up at the top in terms of uh, goal scores. He's he's in that he's in the mix yeah, in the prem right sure. now. So yep. Uh so we're getting the stats. We have Newcastle has made it 10 Premier League goals from seven games. It's the first time they've reached double figures so quickly since the 2010-2011 Premier League season. Well, they also had 10 goals after seven. Um, the 0405 Premier League season, they had 14 from seven games. That's the that's the last time they've beaten 10 through seven. Um, so in the, just to give you the last, so since 2010, I've tallied up the amount of goals we've scored through seven games. So 2010, 11, we had 10 goals. Then nine, eight, nine, seven, five, seven, four, four, and now this year 10. So last two years, we scored four goals through our first seven matches. So a big improvement here. That's bad. <laughs> uh, it just shows, like, you get a great striker. It makes a difference. Uh, in terms of – so that was goal scored. So in tor- terms of points, 11 points through seven games. It's the best total since the 2011-2012 season, which we had 15 at that stage. Uh, just note, if we matched that – that total of 15 we'd be in second place in the premier league one off of liverpool so <laughs> uh in this season so that's crazy to think about but um so since the tw- we'll do the same thing from 2010 11 season uh our point total through seven games we had seven points in 2010 and 15 9 10 4 in 2014 3 in 2015 10 in 2017 2 five and 11 now um our goal difference is minus one right now um our goal difference in the last two seasons at this point so two seasons ago we had two points through seven and a minus six goal difference last year we had five points through seven and a minus nine goal difference and this year we have 11 points and a minus one goal difference so way better way better than the last two years um, we've won two out of our three Premier League home games a season, um, which is great. We've been awarded three penalties in five Premier League games. It has taken 76 games to get three 
penalties before that. Yeah. I feel like all three of those happened last season too. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, it's uh, Callum, Callum Wilson has six goals through eight in all comps, all of those in the premier league. So, um, uh, they are, sorry, all those in the premier league came after halftime. So they scored in the second half, um, that matches as Elijah mentioned, John Joe Shelby's total for all of last year. Um, and it remains our lowest top score mark in the premier league. So, uh, Wilson, if he stays at six and nobody else scores six, he will be the lowest. He will tie John Joe, Carl Court, and Navi Salamo as having the lowest, highest amount of goals. <laughs> um, I have a feeling he might he might do better. Um, Jolinton. Jolinton's in the news. Do you know why? Uh, no. Since Jolinton has arrived, he has had 44 consecutive Premier League appearances, and that is now over. Yeah, I was going to mention this was weird. Yeah, it was weird like that. He wasn't one of the subs. And I mean, I don't know if it would have made sense. Maybe Kim for Callum in the last. But like also when you're at that point, you want a physical big body. And Jolens is a big body. He's just not very physical. Like Andy Carroll to deal with set pieces because, you know, they're coming. You need your essentially your fourth center back, Andy Carroll, out there on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so just on Jolinton, you have, he scored twice in all of his 44 Premier League appearances. Uh, he has also has two League Cup and two FA Cup goals. So he's had six total goals through 53 matches in all competitions so far. And that was his first Premier League match since he's arrived that he didn't appear in. Uh, so back to Callum Wilson, though. Uh, I mentioned six goals through his first seven Premier League games. So we just had to look that up. Let's let's look up who had the most goals through seven Premier League matches in Newcastle history. So I, I we have a little chart for you. Salomon Rondon had zero goals through seven, through his first seven. Craig Bellamy, Obafemi Martins, one goal. Michael Owen, Alan, Alan Shearer, four goals. Andy Cole, Demba Ba, Loke Remy, five goals. Callum has six. Papi Cisse had seven, and Les Ferdinand had eight. Good company. Oh, yeah. And that's six, seven, eight mark. <laughs> yeah. So uh, pretty good start. I think we're – let's not underestimate what we have here. Uh, it's, it's turning out to be very good. Let's hope it continues. Uh, Someone mentioned that we would have, I think, only five points if it weren't for Callum Wilson uh, this season. I, I believe it. <laughs> yeah. Like they did the math in terms of goals and like how that attributed um, to uh, – wins and losses and draws and it, I, Calum, if you take away his six goals we would only have four goals obviously and we would have only five points I yeah. imagine it's a win and two draws yeah probably correct there uh in expected goals we had Newcastle had 2.63 expected goals uh to Everton's 1.22 so expected goals more trending towards a three to one Newcastle win here um so expected says Newcastle deserved the three points. We'll get to the expected points, but uh, Elijah always asks us who had the most expected goals. Well, Callum Wilson did. Yes, he had the penalty and <laughs> by the a lot. Yeah, um, he had. I would imagine he had two point four expected goals. Oh no, uh, you. you it, he's it's one point eight. You're not that far off. 
Damn it. Um, so we did outperform his expected goal number, though. Um, the second place, could you guess that? Maybe Alan St. Maxman. Yeah. Eliza's uh, locked in the XD chance. now. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I understand it now, so it's much easier. Yeah. So uh, you just got to figure out who just... had shots on target. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Who had the highest expected assists? Uh, Ryan Fraser. No. How? Ooh, that's weird. Wilson. Really? So that wasn't actually an assist. It was, uh, it was deflected. So technically. Oh yeah, because I guess it doesn't even count as a successful cross. That yeah. sucks, Ryan Fraser. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. So that's that's the things that make these stats a little interesting, right? Because you you he doesn't get really any credit for that, but we all know. We all know. Um, 77% of the chances in this match came from Newcastle United. That is dominant. That's not like, oh, Newcastle did well. That's dominant. Everton had 15% of the chances in this match. The same. I'm just speaking the facts. That's all. Uh, it's what the had, numbers say. We, both teams had four shots on target. Everton, 11, uh, 15 shots to R11. Um, and expected points, Newcastle with 2.45 to Everton's 0.39. This is the most convincing win uh, Newcastle have had since. Not, it's even more convincing than West Ham. We had less expected points than our opener against West Ham. Um, so just put that into into thought. This is a good win for Newcastle United. Um, my last thing, I know I've been blabbering on about stats, but I love stats after wins. Um, the 538 projecting how the season's going to end. Um, they have Newcastle moving up from 16th to 15th now um, oh. and the final standings. So they think we'll end with 43 points uh, minus 18 goal difference still. Uh, but our, we did have a 23% chance to get relegated. That has now dropped to 17. We have a 1% chance to qualify for champions league, less than 1% chance of winning the premier league. And we have a 5% chance of a top 10 finish. Newcastle, okay. just for a refresher, we are in 11th now. Um, so, <laughs> Elijah, so sorry for talking so much. No, it's fine. Uh, you didn't do your uh, the the stat that has the uh, like the touches in the opposing third or something like that. Oh, the PPDA. I think Newcastle still lost that stat, it's... or they won it. I don't know. They had more. PPA like they Everton yes. has a ball a lot. Yes, uh, so it was it was significant. Uh, not it's not good for Newcastle on this one. This is I guess the one bad stat is we allowed thirty four point two five passes per defensive action in the opposition half. Uh, that's not good. Everton you know allowed you know eighteen point seven nine, which is very good. Yes, yeah, that's so they're, they're stopping um, the attack. We were letting it happen, but we were yeah, it's. It's not cut yeah. and dry, but you'd want it to be way lower than that for sure. And, and yeah, it very much is leaning to the play style. Like yeah. it's not a big deal if that's your goal and you want to frustrate a team. Like they're going to have to pass the ball, yep, a ton, et cetera, et cetera. But oh, I right. thought what was interesting was like everyone was docking Newcastle this match, and like the first touch for any Everton player in the box was. John Joe Kenny throwing himself at the ball, like at the end of the, I think it was the end of the first half or the beginning of the second half. Like they, 
for all the crap everyone was talking about, Newcastle and blah, blah, we look so terrible. Like, we had more touches in the box than them, like, for the, for the majority of the game. Yeah. Again, like, this game, like, the stats kind of go crazy out of proportion after Newcastle go to, up 2 nothing, and Everton just throw the kitchen sink, and Newcastle are just like, we'll let you score. We're just hoping you don't score two. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's the that it was damage control rather than pure stop you, stone cold stop you. Like I think that's Newcastle's motto. It's like let's get up and play damage control. Like we'll let in one, but let's 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 try to score two first. <laughs> yeah. Um. And, and and it's almost like the Rafa Benitez strategy of like let's make this a thirty minute match. Let's condense it. Let's do our job defensively until there's thirty minutes to go and go for it. Um. And now we just have better players than when Rafa had. And more uh, like just better, better goal scorers, better, better attackers that can that can really get the job done and be a little bit more clinical than what Rafa had. So it's like that type of mindset with better execution, essentially. And I think that's what we're looking into right now. It may not be luck. It, this may be like hell. Wilson could have a career year here. His high is fourteen. He's on pace to smoke that total. So uh, let's just hope it it's, keeps up, y'all. Elijah, who's your best player? I mean, you know who mine is. I've been absolutely like gushing over the guy all all podcasts. So, yeah, I think outside of the obvious choice of Calum, I'm going <laughs> to give some shout outs to some other players. I think Sean Longstaff was great. This was probably, I think, this was yeah. Sean Longstaff's best match in the Premier League since like his season with Rafa. Like, there was no good matches really last season for Sean Longstaff, so the bar was on the floor. But this was it was really good for me. I mean. He, like Greg said, I mean, he was able to pass the ball very, really well. I mean, he, like a lot of his balls were actually finding his teammates. Uh, he looked better defensively, which was my biggest knock on Sean Longstaff. I knew the attacking ability was there. And he really wasn't, I wouldn't say as selfish. I think every so often you see Sean Longstaff uh, is, is a guy who, if nothing's kind of working out, instead of making the simple pass and kind of resetting, the offense, he'll just take a shot from distance. He didn't do that. So you have to give him credit there. I think we both have preached praises for Miguel Amarone and his work rate and his ability on the ball and how dangerous he was, which is it's always helpful to have a player that's going to still remain dangerous when Alan C. Maxman isn't had, at his best in the first half. It kind of allowed Alan to grow to the game, was definitely more effective in the second. Didn't really get a, an assist or goal to show for it, but both players played well and both players kept – uh, Everton defenders on edge, which allowed Calum to operate, and he already is was giving Everton defenders trouble, and that kind of just added to it. And then, of course, I think Fabian Shear does deserve a little bit of credit. I thought he was overall very solid defensively, had a, a couple clutch tackles. His passing ability showed up again. Uh, he just looked way better than when we last saw him. Uh, during Project Restart. So those are kind of the three guys I'm getting shout-outs to. And, Greg, you can continue to ramble and rave about uh, how great Callum Wilson was, which, of course, is the hottest take of the week right now. Callum <laughs> Wilson, good Newcastle striker. Uh, hey, Greg, here's one for you. People may get upset with me, but I'm going to go on and let me say Callum Wilson is probably the best striker Newcastle's had in the past five years. That's just – I don't know. I'm just going to say that. I'm, I'm a, it's a hot take. I know I'll get slandered for it. People might, might get – get mad at me for this but Callum Wilson might be the best striker Newcastle have had in the last five years yeah it's yeah. a tough one for, <laughs> for people to swallow Newcastle uh, Callum Wilson might be the best striker since Papi Cissé 
Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, he's he's the man of the match for me. Uh, two goals, earned them both, and um, I, I've already absolutely love bombed him. So uh, who scored? Uh, only three Newcastle players got a seven or above today, and it's because of the style of play. Not a lot of chances were taken and made, and most of them were by one player, Callum Wilson. So um, the the three players that received a uh, seven or higher on who scored, and we need to do a shout out with one of these players because he's consistently pr- proving that he belongs. The first one is Jacob Murphy, seven point oh one. Uh, so just mm-hmm. over, just proving again that that he he might be good enough to play in the Premier League now. Like he's proving it. Um, he's doing well. He's not going to blow you away, but he's a stalwart there. So shout out to Jacob Murphy. Federico Fernandez got the other one at 7.12 and Callum Wilson at 8.35. There's a lot of Newcastle players. In fact, um, Sean Longstaff, Jamal Lewis, and Alan St. Maximin were within 0.1 of getting the seven, but they just didn't get the seven. Um, So shout out to those guys for at least like obviously good performances. There's actually a lot of Newcastle players that finished, I think all but the substitutes and all but the substitutes, Jamal LaSalle's and Jeff Hendrick got a 6-5 or higher. So, um, Oh, yeah. Okay. I know we're not doing worst player, but Jeff Hendrick. Jeff Hendrick. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Hendrick got a 6.35 like, and did nothing in 90 minutes. I, I think the frustration with Jeff Hendrick is that, like you said, Isaac Hayden's an unsung hero, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing Isaac Hayden does do much better than Jeff Hendrick is that he looks forward when he receives the ball. Like, it's one thing to be like, especially in that holding midfield role where you're sitting essentially protecting the back line and recycling possession. It's fine if you look up and you cannot make a forward pass because they're, they're the defenders there. Yeah. No one's going to be mad at you for that. But when your first option every single time, if you're Jeff Hendrick, is to go sideways or backwards, like without even looking forward, like his body does not change. It doesn't, he doesn't turn his body to even like glance forward and see if there's anyone open. That that's always going to piss everyone off. So I think that would be like the one player everyone was like, "Gee, if Newcastle lose that match, people are going to be mad at Steve Bruce and even more mad at Jeff Hendrick because Jeff Hendrick was just so useless there." Um, outside of that, he was fine defensively. Like I mean, that's what his main role is. But like Isaac Hayden is as good or better defensively, and also has a a little bit better uh, looking. Like, sorry, a little bit better at recycling the possession, a little bit better at pushing the ball forward, all that good stuff. But, yeah, that would be my only thing. Like, that whole Miguel thing where they went forward 60 yards and Miguel – he passed it to Jeff Hendrick, and Jeff Hendrick immediately turned around and was like, Fabian Scherer, here you go. It's like, dude, come on. Like, we we, like, we, we can't do that. We can't yeah. do that. Yeah. All right. Uh, Elijah, you got anything else? No, um, it was a solid match. Good good result. Um. A fair play to Bruce. It was a Steve Bruce masterclass. Hopefully they can keep it up. I'm I'm curious to see how Newcastle looks against uh like I, I mean, I guess our opponents this weekend, where on paper it's it's a little bit more even. Um, but it, it's a team that can punish you as well. But it's a match where you expect Newcastle to be at least in contention, especially given their results thus far this season, to be in contention for a draw or a win. So I'm curious to see how we set up. Um I can understand setting up against Wolves and Everton with the five in the back. But does that really apply for a lot of other teams in the Prem? No. So you got to figure out what's that middle ground formation you're going to run because it's a little bit ridiculous to go five in the back 
and sit back and absorb against every team in the Prem when you have attacking talent that can score goals and create chances, especially with a striker that is as in form as Callum Wilson. Like, you're going to have to switch formations at some point uh, just to be a little bit more attack-minded or at least push your wingbacks higher up the pitch if you're going to go three in the back and make them almost like a left mid and right mid um, in this five, three in the back, five in the back formation. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. All right. Well, that's going to conclude our Everton recap. It was a pleasure winning with you once again. Uh, I'm your host, Greg Troxell. That is the best damn co-host in the land. Elijah News. And go listen to our other show. Do it. And uh, we'll, we'll see you soon. Let's get three points and away the last. Love you guys. Well, I wish I was on the case side. Looking at the old time bridge. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll need for a bottle of your own brown hill. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the club again. The dark at St. James's Park If the Gallagher turns in the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Jody And to live in Jody land Some people think we're 40 And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wedding I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound In me mother seeing Henny Hawaii I'm coming home The old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names Like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gateshead Games I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park, if the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away Kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother seeing Henny Howie. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll brave the dog. It's in James's pocket, the Gallagher.